This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great, because the only thing I care about more than football is spicy pepperoni pizza for kickoff. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. Now that's a spicy offer. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19 2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto renew at $9.99 each month starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum supply. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the main event of the evening. 60 minutes of football fun and banter with Chris and Lester Till I Die TV. Are you ready? Ready? Let's get ready to rumble. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on and ready to go.
Listen on your favourite podcast platform or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow and join in now. This is your host, Chris. No, God, please, no, no! I know, I'm sorry, but he's cheap and available. How rude. Right, Chris. All right, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good day, depending what part of the world you are in. Welcome along to Lester Till I Die TV. Um, you can find us under that name at all those socials along there. Uh, just search Lester Till I Die TV on any of those and we should come up. Um, it's a new special program. Well, not special, but it's a different program. Episode number one. Um, memory Lane, we're going to be probably twice a month uh, on a Wednesday evening at nine, going back into the vaults, back into the dark recesses of those corners of Leicester City that you thought you'd forgotten, um, and <laughs> bringing back some memories, some good, maybe some not so good, and I think we're probably going to have a few, well, we, I know we're going to have a few not so good memories. I shouldn't really. I mean, it's a bit. It's a bit bad timing bringing this guy in just after I've said bad memories. But it's not. But I'm going to welcome my co-host for these uh, for these shows and say good evening, Dave. How the devil are you, sir? All right, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good, mate. Doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, it's not so bad. Not so bad. Getting a little bit excited because we're on the verge of possibly signing somebody, but yeah, you know, allegedly, trying to, uh, who knows? Yeah, trying not to celebrate too soon. I saw on Sky tonight that the the boys, that the transfer boys, uh, they love it, don't they? Um, oh. So we're in millimeters of signing him. Yeah. Why do we? Why the, I know you want a fullback. Why the hell do we need a fullback when we can't score goals? You know, I know, I know, I know, but you know, I don't get it. No, no, I, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm agreeing with you that although, you know, it's left-back, centre-back, right-wing, which everybody is saying we need, and Rogers is saying that's what we need to target, but for me, we need a striker as well. Uh, I'm in total, total agreement with you. But And again, every day I do it, I log on to the Sky Transfer transfer page and uh, sit there and stare at absolutely nothing but we'll see we'll see who knows who knows it's uh, who knows? we're Leicester we're, yeah. we're we're born to be disappointed believe it till January the 31st yes yeah mm. I mean if we believe it what we read or every single window we end up with a five-a-side team anyway because everybody's sort of being bored yeah, at, uh, anyway welcome along set a new show like I say memory yeah lane. yeah um, sit here and chew the cud, and um, I've got to say, I, and I've just sort of got the publicity photos back for the show. <laughs> um, and of course, you know, went, well, you didn't know that you posed for this, but but you had. <laughs> and, um, these will be going out very soon promoting it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a football show. <laughs> you know who they are you know who they are it could have been worse i could have put kermit and miss piggy up there good point good point <laughs> i'm not saying who who who, who was which <laughs> no, that. certainly not that's a, that's, a, that's a separate vote on the uh on the <laughs> chat if you're in the chat by the way and thank you very much uh please do subscribe if you are new and smash that like button whether you are or whether you're not. 
Um, but there is, if you, we do want to know who your your worst manager is, um, and just put WM, then Gap, and then the name, and we will add it up at the end. I couldn't put it as an actual vote because we're going to talk about ten managers who some of them are, are really really awful. Some of them I've just put in there for devilment uh, and with the fact that I didn't like them personally. But um, never hold a grudge. Never hold a grudge. We got mixed up. I mean, some of them, they go back further than I care to remember, don't they, Dave? Well, I I remember, the first one I remember is Matt Gillis. And that was the team of the 60s that should have won the, the, the Division One. Probably should have won the Cup. Mm. Uh, had some of the best footballers in the country in the side, including Gordon Banks. Um People like Derek Dugan, um, who most of the guys listen to this probably don't remember, but that was a that was a an era where we were one of the best sides in the country. Yes, still one sod all. Things don't change. Things don't no. change. Uh, to be fair, I think we won the league cup when it was a two-headed thing, a two-legged thing. Beat or two heads, whichever way you want to look yeah. at it. But yeah, um, I mean. I my, my first one that I remember I really got into it was Jimmy Bloomfield, I must be honest with you. I, but I do remember watching the 69 uh, FA Cup final. Uh, that was the, the first football match I remember seeing. Uh, and was, was Terry's agreeing with you here, and he's already gone best manager, Matt, Matt Gillis. Um, yeah, I... I just sort of, you know, when you look back at that time, you've mentioned there, you know, Derek Dugan, Frank McClintock, who will maybe get another mention in this show, Alan mm. Clark, yeah. you know, players that went on, and people say, oh, yeah, I remember Derek Dugan. He was, he was a big Wolves player, wasn't he? Or I remember Alan Clark. He was massive for Leeds. And you think, like, I mean, Don Revy. Don Revy played at Leicester. For youngsters, if you can remember, if you can think of selling... Uh, Jamie Vardy four years ago, maybe that was how it was seen when Dugan was sold to Wolves. Mm. Derek Dugan was a legend at Leicester, he weren't there very long. No. I was surprised. I think I, when I was reading my Fossil's book, I was surprised the shortest time he was there. But he seemed to make a massive impact, and he's such a footballer. Mm. Um, do, you, do you go back as far as um, Andy Lockhead? Yeah, definitely. I think I started taking it seriously in 65 or something like that. Um, maybe just after the Man United Cup final, Leicester, uh, 63 that was, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, unfortunately, I probably told you, a mate of mine's dad used to take me to Coventry every week when Jimmy Hill was in charge. And uh, that, was, that was the only way I could get to see a football match in those days. So I used to go. Um, yeah, but my mother was from Leicester, so that's how I started going to Leicester. And well, I, uh, I, I remember, I actually remember Shilton's debut. He had a nightmare, if I remember rightly. <laughs> I think we played at, might have been Everton at home. I don't know. Memory goes after a while. But um, we did wonder about whether we could take crosses or not. Yeah, yeah. Talk about Schme talking about Schmeichel, but Shilton's in that category as well. <laughs> happened to him? Whatever happened to him? I know. <laughs> I remember Andy Lockhead. I mean, I don't remember him playing, but I, I sort of when I was twenty, 
five-ish, I guess. I moved to Burnley as part of the job. I was moving down the country. And four doors up from our third house in Burnley, there was um, we, we, our our girls got on well with their girls, and you know, so we see them a got talking. And you know, she, and and uh, the mother of the girls went, "Oh, so you're a Leicester fan then?" I went, "Yeah, yeah, I always have been." Sort of thing. She said, "Oh, have you heard of Andy Lockhead?" And I went, "Yeah, yeah, of course I have." You know, I didn't never saw him, but I knew of him from reading about him. He was in the in the uh, cup final, wasn't he? In, Six, six, he should, have, he should yeah. have scored. Should have yeah. scored. And I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him. He's oh, that's my dad. <laughs> and I went, no, it's not. He went, well. yeah, it is. I went, no, it. You know, I had one of those sort of ten minute. Yes, he is. Oh no, he's not. Oh yes, he is. Sort of moments. Because of course, he played for Burnley for a good part of his career. That was um, a big one. But I remember he scored the winner at Liverpool. I think in the quarter final, a header. Mm. I'm not sure if it was a replay or was it the quarterfinal? I think so. I'm sure he scored at Anfield um, and we won 1-0. That uh, rings a bell for some reason, but if you've yeah. got stats there, you might be able to find out. Yeah. Um, um, but he was he was a legend as well. I mean, we, we've always had great centre-forwards. Yeah. Big thing is, though, I mean, he came, <laughs> he came round and said, oh, yeah, he'll pop round for an hour. You know, he's getting on a bit, you know, don't keep him too long. A bit like us two. And uh, yeah. I think... Well, get, getting on, yeah. Yeah. I think about four hours later, they actually had to come and get him because we were just literally... You know what it's like? Oh, oh, we are when we get talking football. It was a brilliant. pleasure. It was a pleasure to know. And uh, one, of my ha- one of my happiest memories... Um, Terry, uh, Terry also says, do you remember yeah. um, Howard Riley and that team? A bit before my time, that was. Just mm-hmm. before my time, I think. Um, I was I was going when Jimmy Goodfellow was on the right and Stringfellow on the left or the other way around. Uh, mm-hmm. David Gibson, Derek Dugan, uh, of course, Schoberg and Cross, who, who went into the 70s almost. Um and uh, Banks and goals, eh? Norman, fullback, yeah, those sort of players. So Howard Riley was just a bit before. Yeah, uh, Scott. Now we are we are going to be talking about managers. We just kind of this is the warm up. If you, <laughs> this is when two old men start rambling on, Scott. This is it. This is it. I mean, you know, I don't. You didn't see this, did you, Scott? Don't think you're in, but that's us too. That'll be us too by the end of the show. Uh, all we all we need is a fence between us, so we can lean on it. Yeah, when I was a lad, yeah, <laughs> I used to live yeah. in a cardboard box in the street. <laughs> Look, let, let's get on to managers because we've got yeah. ten to talk about, and like I say, obviously it's very. Everybody's got their own. You know, that's that he wasn't a bad manager, or you've not included him. These are just 10 I've picked that are amongst the worst, shall I say, the ones that I feel are the worst. And do get your votes in, like I say, in the chat. Um, we've got one vote so far, um, and uh, uh, that is actually for the gentleman that we're going to start with. So, and that was Terry's. I mean, he did say best manager, Matt Gillis, but. Uh, well, before we do that, let's just have a look because this is all, these are all our managers since well, Franco Farrell is as far back as I dared go before my memories sort of says who, uh, but uh, it's been quite a few. That's only permanent managers as well. So there's been a, been quite a few there that um, not 
uh, that aren't permanent managers I've not included, obviously. Uh, there's some big names. I mean, Sven Goran Eriksson, I still can't believe that we had him. Hmm. He'd have sacked himself, apparently. I oh. heard him say once he had such a bad time, but I don't think he was that bad on the, no. on the win ratios. He wasn't. Um, I think no. he. I think I think we just expected to come in and that he would be because it was the ex England yeah. manager. The net, you know, the thing he he thing was he bought some players of the club that were probably past the sell by date, but big names. You he know, Sol Sol Campbell in. Yeah. Not yeah. Sol Campbell. Not Sol, Sol Campbell. Sol Bamba, Sol who was on who was on Sky earlier today, funnily enough. Oh, was he? You know, and, and of course, he made Jasper. that. He had that debut goal against Man City, I think, in the cup. Yep. In the uh, cup, that's right. One yeah. all, isn't it? Scott, uh, um, Scott's making us all feel old here. I made, uh, I started with the Martin O'Neill era. You're but, lucky, uh, Scott. You missed all the shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although he's had a fair bit since, let's be honest. No, not as much as we went through, I'll tell you. Yeah. Well, but, look, yeah, this is the there first you go. This is the first one up. And this was the guy that's got one vote already. Please type WM for worst manager, put WM. And the name doesn't have to be one of these 10, but uh, that would help us if you did. Frank McClintock, uh, June 77 to April 78. He managed 40 games. He won five of those, drawn 12, lost 23, a win percentage of 12.5. If we went on wins alone, he would win it hands down. He took over from, and I remember... Jimmy Bloomfield, uh, he was he was in charge when I really started to get into Leicester, when I went down to start watching them live. And, you know, we had some of the best players we'd ever had at the club, the Wellers, you know, the Worthingtons. I mean, it was a great squad that he'd got together there. Um, and they always said we were the best team never to actually win anything. And I can remember Birch always saying that uh, Martin O'Neill, when he came in, kept saying, why... Why does everybody go on about the Bloomfield yet? What did he actually win? Nothing. Um, but it was such a great team. And then the fans wanted him out. And this is why I always use that as my be careful what you wish for quote. Yeah. Yeah. And he went. And I think we'd finished seventh. And then this gentleman took over for the next season. <sighs> you know yeah. what, though? I reckon, I don't know, you've got the stats. Jimmy Bloomfield's win ratio weren't great because of the way we played. Uh, and that was the problem. And also, I reckon we only had about 11 or 12 players that could play in that first team. Because when Birch got injured for the Cup in 72-74, uh, we had nobody to come in. Mike Stringfellow was past it by then, but he had to play. Um, and we just disintegrated as a team. Oh, no. I mean, Bloomfield's um, win record, he, he was manager for 285 games. Uh, he won 85 of those, win uh, just literally under 30%. So his mm. win ratio wasn't brilliant, but to Football watch them, brilliant. Yeah. To, to watch them was unbelievable. Yeah. This guy just retired, uh, Scottish international, Ex-player, although he's obviously more well-known for Arsenal, but he, he was at Leicester before then. We got him back in, but Jimmy Bloomfield basically was, uh, you know, hounded out by the fans. If we're honest, you know, yeah. everybody wanted him gone. Uh, oh, you know, why aren't we winning anything? Why aren't we winning anything? Well, we got. He went. He stood down. He, re he resigned, and then we got relegated. 
<laughs> Do you remember some of the players though, Chris? If you were you were a youngster then watching, were you? You must have been distraught. I mean, he brought all his old Arsenal boys in. Yeah. George Armstrong and Jeff Sammons and oh god, oh Roger Davis from Derby. Yeah. Who, who scored goals for fun at Derby. I don't think he scored for us. Um, <laughs> Billy Hughes, who has passed it, who won the cup with Sunderland. Mm. Um, who else was there? Somebody called, oh, I remember Lammy Robertson. Do you remember him? Well, I mean, Eddie Kelly. Eddie Kelly. Eddie Kelly weren't quite so bad, yeah. was he? But uh, well, I, I remember that. Here. I mean, these are the ones I've heard of. David Dave, Webb. Dave Webb, yeah. yeah. George Armstrong. Yeah. Alan Jeff Waddle, Cameron. bought from Liverpool, I think. Yeah. Uh, Lammy Robertson, never heard yeah, of Yeah, Lammy Robertson, yeah, dreadful. It says here, all of whom were coming to the end of their careers. And yeah. that says it all, doesn't it, really? I, I'd moved to Surrey by then. We got married in 77, moved down to Leatherhead. And right. I, we drove up, my wife and I drove up. In fact, I banned her after a couple of cup games. We drove up to Warsaw. And I think it was the fourth round of the FA Cup. And they were... The Leicester players were on the pitch advertising razors because they'd all grown beards or something. And I was in the cold side of the Warsaw stand. Right. And um, it was horrendous. I mean, the game was horrible. We got beat 1 or 2 nil, I think. Um, I think Warsaw were probably in the old third division in those days anyway. It was just an embarrassment. And then I took my wife, Cathy, down to see the Portsmouth game in the League Cup because mm. Portsmouth was a bit closer to us than Warsaw. Uh, and that was on a cold, wet night, and nobody was interested. Weller, Worthington, none of them wanted to play for him. Um, it might have been, it might have just well been Mickey Mouse 11 versus Portsmouth. It was yeah. horrible. Uh, it took about 20 years to be allowed back to see a Leicester game after that. <laughs> well, I mean, he, talking about, I mean, you mentioned there Roger Davis, didn't you? He spent... Oh quarter of a million pounds now back and right. this was what what we say in there 1977 yeah he that was a hell of a lot of money well keith weller only cost hundred thousand from chelsea so mm. you can imagine yeah yeah um, and, and roger davis was no keith weller no nah. he, <laughs> I mean, he scored a cracking goal for derby do you remember he beat back 10 players twice and put it yeah. in the net i didn't see any of that at leicester anything like that at all it was just hopeless i mean here we go this to me um i mean mcclintock joined he only had two managerial proper managerial jobs yeah. um he joined us in june 77 i mean jimmy bloomfield the season before had uh, taken us to 11th so we yeah. finished 11th and let's be honest with you now we would take 11th um he sold frank worthington to Bolton Wanderers, mm. £20,000. Mm. He sold... Now, just to, let that sink in if you're watching. It's Frank Worthington for £20,000. That's what we sold him for, and yet we signed Roger Davies for two hundred and fifty. I mean... Embarrassing, uh, isn't it? Embarrassing. You know why, yeah. though, don't you? Frank Worthington wouldn't do as he's told. And Jimmy Bloomfield allowed him quite a bit of um, loose to yeah. because of the player he was. McClintock mm. came in and wanted the the hard the Don Howe style, who mm. I think was or Joe Mercer, wasn't it? 
Yeah. Was it, was it Joe Mercer or is Man City? But you know that sort, the military. Oh, Mal- Madison. No, no, I'm thinking of Arsenal. It means was it? Oh, Arsenal. Uh, it Terry no, it was before, well before that time. It was manager when they did the the double and stuff like that. George um, Drake, so not George the first time, no, much earlier that seventy one, the oh, seventy one no, seventy two season. I'm not. Uh, oh, for God's sake! Anyway, it doesn't matter who it was, but that's how he tried to run Leicester. And bearing in mind he'd taken over from Jimmy Bloomfield and the sort of players Leicester had the Wellers, Worthingtons, um, Birchinals, John Samuels, it couldn't happen. Mm. Um, who's that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the signings he made. He he resigned in April '78 with relegation all but confirmed. We finished bottom that year. Like you say, you can see there. I mean, I think I think there was 24 teams in the in the in the what was then the first division. Um, 22, 22, wasn't it? No, I think it was twenty. I think it was twenty-four back then. To be honest really? with you. Yeah. I, I, I would stand to be corrected. I'm sure somebody in the chat will, will say, but we played 40 games. Well, he'd managed 40 games by then, which probably included some some cup ones as well. Um, and he resigned. Uh, and like, like um, somebody said earlier, a great example of why not to have an ex-player as, as a manager. And I'm sure if Brad was in, he'd be sat here going, uh, Frank Lampard, Frank Lampard. <laughs> <laughs> but this, the, he, actually, after we sacked him, and I didn't realise this, he was actually taken on by Terry Venables as yeah. a coach at Queen's Park Rangers. Yeah. Uh, and he then went on as well to manage Brentford um, in February 84, with the B second from bottom of the third division. Um and um, they were probably he resigned in '87, so he stayed there a little bit longer, but probably better as a pundit than he ever was as a manager. And this is your choice, is it not, as worst ever Leicester City manager? Without a shadow of doubt. And is that, do you think, because of what he destroyed? Yeah, and also because I just moved to Surrey and I got so much shit about Leicester, <laughs> how bad Leicester were. Um, that I, I, I shall never forgive him for it. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I must admit, but, but look at the record, Chris. It speaks for itself, doesn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Now, and I must admit, I, I'm, I've got to be saying I'm with you on that one because we did a thing, like I said before the show earlier on, uh, in I think it was last last season, uh, uh, McClintock versus Taylor, and yeah, yeah, just knowing knowing what he destroyed. And when, when we will come on to Peter Taylor, obviously later, he's, he's got to be included in this. Then. But yeah. we, what he destroyed was like a team that was together, was a workmanlike team. You know, under Martin O'Neill, we never had a Weller. We never had a Worthington. But what we had was, you know, a group, probably about 15 players that gave 110%. But it's just remembering what Leicester could have been and what he destroyed. I think Frank Worthington was moaning all, every week about the style of play, mm. you know, and that's why he sold him. But I also think, did he sell Bob Lee and Chris Garland, who you might remember? Chris Garland came into us, saved us from relegation one year by scoring, I don't know, eight or nine in ten games or something silly like that. Mm. Um, and Bob Lee was was becoming a decent striker. 
And I don't know whether McClintock sold them or Jimmy Bloomfield, but they they were sold off for some reason. Um, I think, I don't know. I, I just found the football awful um, when I got to games. I, I just saw the players he was buying yeah, and thought, this is embarrassing, you know, it's awful. Uh, and he, was it Don Howe you were thinking of at Arsenal? Yeah, yeah, Don Howe, very military, um, very strict. Um, oh, he had a suit and tie on, if I remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was one of the old brigade, bit, yeah, yeah, even before Bobby Robson's era, but they were very strict about how it all went and, uh, you know, just horrendous. Yes, definitely. Um, we, I mean, Clintock says, uh, yeah. Terry says here, today's fans just don't know how bad we can get yet. I mm. mean, I've, I've got to say, and it's the same when you, when you look at Man United. I mean, when you come to think that the Premier League has been going for 30 odd years, so Man United fans that are under 30 will only have ever known success. Yeah. So when we go on about you know Man United fans being entitled, you've got to think that they won't remember the pre-Ferguson years, and it's the same with Leicester. You know we did have a club before 2015, and to be honest with you, we were shit at times. There's no doubt about it. But, we were, but in, in the sixties, we were good. Yeah, you know, oh, I think yeah. we got to the FA Cup final three times in the sixties. We did. We, we, got we did win it once, of course, but yeah, we got close to getting Europe or winning the league a couple of times in the sixties. We had some serious well, internationals. You were talking about, and we'll just mention this uh, quickly. I mean, Dave Halliday, our first sort of manager, if you like, um, that that wasn't sort of well. You had Norman Bullock, but. The board in those days it was different how managers worked, but David Halliday got us second division champions in uh 56 57. Then, as you say, Matt Gillis joined the 60s, FA Cup runners up 61 63, um, League Cup winners 64, League Cup runners up 65. Uh, then Frank, uh, Franco Farrell took over. FA Cup run, runners up 69, second division champions 70 to 71. I mean, we have we hold the record along with Manchester City for having got promoted out of the second tier more times than any other club. Yeah. But it also means we've been relegated yeah. <laughs> more times as well. And generally, apart from once, and I can't remember who was manager, we lost on goal difference to Coventry, which made it even worse. Um, we got we went down, we drew it home to Coventry, we should have beat them, and because of that, we went down and they stayed up. And Coventry had never been relegated then at all, you know, that yeah. was the thing they always worked on. Then they won the FA Cup, which made it worse, didn't it? Yeah, um, but uh, what's happened to them these days? Who knows? Um, well, who knows? Where do they play on the wreck, or are they still? <laughs> Who, who Coventry? Yeah, I, keep, yeah, I think that's where they're playing now because the ground's been uh, seen. Well, they keep getting it repossessed, don't they? What's wrong? They do. Doug is I, in. Um, in an attempt to deter computer hackers, I've changed all my passwords to Brazil Nut. That will be a hard <laughs> one to crack. Um, <laughs> Are you foreign in disguise? That's what you deserve. I have got a nut joke, but um, oh, we're after nine o'clock. We're after nine o'clock, but um, 
No, I don't want to. I don't want to be challenged by the LPGT community, so I'm not going to say it. Okay. But, you know, yeah. you know the other thing at that time, mm. our average. I think our average home attendance was something like ten, eleven, twelve thousand. Mm. So nobody was bothering to turn up either. No. And I think I think all oh, right. Our capacity was probably actually it might be more than twenty one thousand in them days before they put seats in. So it could have been twenty five, thirty thousand. Um, the fact that there weren't even half filling in the ground, the board must have realised there was a problem. Yes, yeah. Well, moving on, he get he gets our two votes anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, on that one. Um, no, no. Now, the next manager will certainly hold the record, but I think for being the shortest um, permanent manager ever in Leicester City's history, and I'm saying permanent manager here, he lasted less time than, um, uh, what she called, Liz Truss as Prime Minister. That's <laughs> how bad he was. Um, well, but was he? I mean, we've got this memory of him being bad, but Martin Allen... One of Mandrich's many managers in the time that he was here. Uh, and as you can see from that, um, May 2007 to August 2007, he has got a 50% win rate, um, but he only managed four games. But he only lost one of them. Yeah, and I remember his last game, Watford at home. We, we were brilliant. I was so excited in the stand because I thought, actually, we cracked it. This guy's going to take us places. And the worry started when he came out and almost did a trip around the ground applauding the fans. I thought, what's mm. that about? He's, something's not right here. And, of course, the reason was that Mandarich wanted to buy players and Martin Allen told him to shove it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> And, I think uh, as well, we had the unfortunate incident with Clark Carlisle, didn't he? Mm. Well, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank was it? He wanted to. The Mandrich wanted to sign. Yes, Is that right. Um, I think he, I think that was the um, straw camel's back moment. Yeah. To be honest with you, um, yeah. did he yeah. turn up for a medical and then Martin Allen told him it had been cancelled? Something <laughs> like that, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and but then again, you know, I mean, it, it's still happening. They, they reckon with the likes of Chelsea, but as a manager, you've got to look at and go, well, you know, that, that, well, you should be making money. the decisions. But apparently, yeah, yeah. apparently, he came in uh, with the basis of um, wanting to change everything. He was having the flowers changed yeah, yeah. Uh, at the King Power, so they were blue and white. But this is where one of these. I'm going to have, I'm going to have two of these moments uh, in the show tonight, where the that you you see that the 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 person that you perceive them to be are not the ones that they actually are, if you like. Because I was living in Burnley at the time with my son, and I was just getting him into Leicester, and one of the games that he was in charge was Accrington Stanley away in the League Cup. And we turned up. It was an evening game. We went down to Accrington Stanley. Uh, we went down and we had our pint of milk in our hands and everything. <laughs> and um, they were warming up before the match. And um, he'd made he'd he'd picked some really really odd players. It was one of those like you know, oh, it's the League Cup, and I'm picking you know some of the unknown players if you like. And 
And my sons turned around to me and went, Dad, why has he picked so-and-so and so-and-so? And I went, do you know what, Sean? I've really absolutely no idea. I said, but look. And I looked over and you were stood outside. You would say changing rooms, but this was Accrington. So you were stood outside the hut and leaning on a bar. I went, why don't you go and ask him? And he went, no, I can't do that. I went, what have we got to lose? You know, he can only sort of, you know, tell you it's none of your business sort of thing. Yeah. And he went, all right then, I will, Dad. And he went over. And do you know what? He spent 10 minutes with him explaining all his team tactics for wow. the game. And it made, absolutely made Sean's sort of night, obviously, as you can imagine. You know, he came back and he said, can't tell you anything, though. Daddy's told me not to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's brilliant. But, you know, that's that's the other side to these managers. But he came with a great reputation in a way. Cause, was it Barnett he was at before? Uh, he has been at Barnett. I think... It, um, no, Milton, Milton Keynes Dons. He'd, he'd start, yeah, that's it. MK Dons, yeah. yeah. He was yeah. at Reading as assistant. Um, then he went to Barnet. Then he went to Brent Brentford. Then he went to Milton Keynes. He's obviously a very keen golfer when you look at how many clubs he's had. Because after <laughs> us, he went to Cheltenham, back to Barnet, to Notts County, back to Barnet, Gillingham, back to Barnet, Eastleigh, back to Barnet, Chesterfield. I mean, how many times can you go back to one club? Well, they have him back. Yes. But I, just, I think he would have given us a little bit of excitement, you know. Yeah, you're right. He called Mad Dog, yeah. Mm. Um, and that's what we needed at the time. We needed somebody to, after what we'd been through, we needed somebody to fire it up and, you know, get everybody performing. Um, and I think Mandarich, I mean, he saved us, allegedly, but I think his ego was far too big to run a football club. Um, I, I, I mean, you know, it, it had to be the way he wanted it or nothing at all, and that's not. Well, yeah, I, I, but again, again, you could say, well, it was his money. Yeah, <laughs> but Brian, can you imagine Brian Clough putting up with that, or even Martin O'Neill? No, no, you couldn't. Agreed, one hundred percent. They're quite successful, weren't they? Yes, yeah. Um, I, I, I just think for me. Because I mean, I met again. I met Melan Mandrich at the same game. Because um, so queuing to pick at those days, you pick the tickets up away. If you hadn't bought them in advance, they weighed tickets at the ground and uh, yeah. I ordered mine late. Milan was there and he signed the shirt and he spent again, you know, a few minutes talking to us. And we'd already gone bust once, if you remember. And yeah. Gary Lineker and his consortium had saved us. And then, you know, he just sold Portsmouth, said he wanted to spend a bit of time outside of the, you know, football. But, of course, Birch knew him from when Birch played in America at the end of his oh, career. Yeah, because, yeah, that's right, yeah. Because Mandrich owned a club in America. And I can remember being at one game and Milan Mandrich was in the crowd and everybody was singing, Milan is a Leicester fan and yeah. <laughs> all that. Um, and he, but I mean, he saved us from. I don't think we'd have come back from that one if he had. No, no, no. I mean, I'm not mocking him for that. He did a brilliant job for Leicester, but I just think he should have stayed doing that. A bit like, you know, um, the the owners now have done, uh, and let yeah. the manager manage. Yeah. In our case, at the moment, it's probably not a good idea. But uh, in those days, that's what should have happened, and I think it could have worked. I, I really do. But yeah. I, I don't know. He only played. He only had. What's he say? Four games. But four league there. games, I think it was. Yes. He's there for about what two or three months, but only had four yeah. league games, didn't he? 
Yeah, no, you're right. August 2007, oh. striker Jimmy Floyd yeah. Hasselbank agreed contract terms with Leicester and chairman Milan Mandrich invited him to go undergo a medical. But when Hasselbank arrived in Leicester on the 13th of August, Alan told him that, no that the medical was no longer going to take place. <laughs> <laughs> Six days later, Mandrich confirmed an interesting striker, Derek Riordan, who was lacking first-team football at Celtic. However, Alan refused to make an offer for Riordan. I mean, which obviously aggravated Mandrich. I mean, how can you say no to Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank? That's the thing. Well, I know. think it was it was past his best, wasn't it? He'd left Chelsea two or three years, and he mm. was sort of on loan somewhere, and he was struggling to get games. So again, yeah. he he was well past his sell by date, I think. Yeah, and maybe Martin Allen saw that he's a manager of football, you know. You know, I'm, I'm, and as I say, I'm, I'm all for, you know, chairman, you know, like I say, it's their money. They can do what they want with the club as long as they mm -hmm. keep the club going. But very much like you say, come along and recommend players. Um, but, you know, don't, you know, let the manager decide because the manager's got to play with them. And, of course, was the very famous incident um, which thankfully turned out all right when um, we were playing Nottingham Forest. Uh, yeah, yeah, in the, uh, was it the FA or the League Cup? I can't was, remember. I think it was the FA Cup. Yeah, and at half time, Clark Carlisle, who we'd got on loan, I think, from Sunderland. Um, in the no, home, it's, yeah, no, 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 it was Clive Clark. Clive Clark, that was it. Yeah, I know there was a Clark yeah. in there somewhere. Yeah. Clive Clark, and he had a heart attack, and the game yeah. was cancelled. And of course, it led us to because we were losing one 0 at the time. It led us to um, to to beat uh, to to replay the game. And of course, we let them score. Was that With under the, the ginger winger? That I, was, I can't was remember. Who a forest who, manager as well, player. No, no, we Gary we got Mixon by then, and obviously, Mixon, we'll, yeah. another one that we'll be coming to. That's right, and, ginger. You know, <laughs> yeah, next one, yeah. Anthony said, Yeah, big up Chris and Jim Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but we, um, we, you know, we we let them score and we only just scraped through to be honest with you. And that was another manager that didn't last long. But uh, just to let you know, guys, if you're in the chat, we have done um, uh, Frank McClintock, and uh, we're just finishing now on Martin Allen. We're not doing them in any particular order, but uh, I've noticed them. Um, Brad has mentioned about um, Ian Holloway. We'll come. We'll come to hey, him. Brad. I'm not reading out your uh, comments now. It's only because obviously we're not talking about Ian Holloway. So please repost when we do. Um... Do you want to talk about Holloway? <laughs> right, but that that was that was Martin Allen. Um, next contender. Oh. There we go, Mr. Ian Holloway. Um, I'd forgotten he was up next. Another manager where he wanted. I think the thing I liked about Ian Holloway was he wanted to come to Leicester. You know, he was at Plymouth. And he was put on gardening leave because he wanted to come to Leicester. They didn't want him to. Um, oh, and, that, that happened to him at QPR. Yeah. Was it? QPR he, he, was put on gardening leave because Leicester were in for him. Um, yeah, but then I'm that sure. didn't join us. He didn't join no, us he at went, QPR. He, he then went, went on to Plymouth. 
Yeah. And then he finally now to me, you know, everybody says, Oh, he was a crap manager, he took us down to the third tier. He mm -hmm. wasn't a bad manager, he took Blackpool, Blackpool to the Premier League. And I think yeah. he had, at one point Blackpool were top of the league a bit for one week, but so he wasn't a bad manager. Uh, and but he just he had he didn't have the best of tactics, to be honest with you, and he didn't have the best of players because at that time, for me. Uh, I mean, we're talking here sort of your 2007s, 2008s, that we'd only just stayed up for like the previous three or four seasons. And I think we were, I think it was always a case of when rather than if we were going to go down. And he came, and I think, to be honest with you, if, if Pep or Jose or Jurgen had come in at that time, we'd have gone down. It was just. Fate. And I think, in a way, looking back, it was the best thing that could have possibly happened to us. Um, but again, my son was actually mascot at uh, Leicester were playing Burnley. And uh, we drew 1-1 with them and we scored both goals. <laughs> that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Um, and I went to meet Sean and uh, he was walking out the ground with Ian Holloway. And Ian Holloway was going, um, you know, oh, that was a better second half, wasn't it? And I looked at him, and I wish I'd had the balls to say, no, we are just the shit. We only won because they, they scored an equaliser for us. But I didn't. But again, lovely, lovely guy off. But it, yeah. I think he was possibly the right manager just at the wrong time. Yeah. I remember him when he was boss at QPR, and um, we got a, tickets for a box there. I think it's QPR Villa. Um, from the Royal Marsden Hospital, and he came into the box afterwards and talked to us about the game. And I said, well, I thought the Villa goal might have been a bit offside because we were right in line with it. Said, oh, do you? Do you think it was? Because I was not sure about it, and I didn't. And he was talking like that, yeah, as if you were just chatting over the game with him as a coach. So yeah, I have, I have no argument with that. Um, nice guy, away from it all, made a lot of mistakes. Shouldn't have left Plymouth. Um, but as a football manager for us, he was a nightmare. He was, but I, I, I do honestly think that, like I say, he, 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 he had the proverb. It was like Theresa May taking over from David Cameron. You know, he had that hot potato that was given to him. Uh, I think it was Craig Levine, wasn't it, who was manager possibly before him. I think um, Brad was just saying that. Um yeah, he had a bad record, didn't oh, he? No, Craig Levine was before Rob Kelly, Nigel Worthington, and Martin Allen. Uh, so, uh, and then Craig, where, where it is? And then Who was before Holloway, then before uh, Ian Holloway followed uh, followed Megson. But um, well, Megson was there for about a month, wasn't he? Yeah, well, well yeah, but, well, vying with um, vying with Allen for the shortest manager. Yeah. He managed 32 games. He won nine, drawn eight, lost 15, 28% win rate. I mean, he he had to go because we got relegated. You know, there was no way that you could you could he was gonna stay, obviously. But you know, the first time we'd ever been down into the third tier in our career. Um but like I said, for me it was a good manager just at the, the wrong time. But he also didn't have a, a good squad. I mean, you know, he, he was playing um, uh, Ian Hume on the wing instead of a striker. Wow. And I think, 
I think Martin Allen, because I think when, if you remember when Martin Allen was manager, we were like kids in a sweet shop. We were buying, you know, any player that was going, uh, not unlike the Sven area. But I think Martin Allen, all he did was buy wingers. I think we had about 10 wingers in the side at one point. My God, we could do one of those now, couldn't we? He must have bought, yeah, I only bought about, I don't know, 15 players. No mm. wonder. Well, seemed to work. Didn't we have Carl Court? Yes, we did. Was that from Newcastle or was it from somewhere else? I'm not sure where I we know was... he played for Newcastle with for Bobby Robson. That might have been after us. That might have been after we had him. Um I thought somebody will tell us on that. The, also, a guy that did do all right, I think, was, was it Ray Clements' son? Um, Stephen Clements. Stephen yeah. Clements. Didn't he? Was it him? Is he the son of Ray or is he somebody yes. else? Well, I'm not sure if it was. I'm, I'm guessing because it's not exactly a common name. Um, he did okay for us. Um, do you remember? Do you remember Dicky Summerby? Oh God, yeah, yeah. No, he he actually played for us free of charge. <laughs> I don't think that was under Holloway though, but I think that was under somebody yeah. else. He because he couldn't get a team and we couldn't afford. He just came so he could play oh, and, that's right. and keep yeah. his name going. That's um, right. Might have been Holloway actually. I have a feeling that it wasn't, but uh, but yeah, it was in that it was in that sort of Levine, you know, Allen Holloway era sort of thing. But, they were uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't. I've put him in there, and he's in there for the obvious reason. I mean, when he left, when he was sort of started out as Bristol Rovers manager, he was there for five years, as as uh, Anthony said. QPR, then to Plymouth, then to Leicester. Uh, though we did have to wait for him. Then to Blackpool, Palace, Millwall, QPR again, and Grimsby up to two years ago. He was still, still managing at Grimsby. Um, but well, like I say, you know, at Blackpool, it, you know, to get Blackpool promoted, okay, it was via the playoffs, but, you mm. know, we, we, we've been thankful for that a couple of times. Mm. But I think that shows that he's not exactly the worst manager ever going. I think, well, yeah, I think when nobody expects it, when you're the underdog, he seems to do it okay. With Leicester, it was expected and uh, he, he couldn't cope with it because he was playing players out of position. We weren't playing with confidence. I remember, I mean, the, the game against Sheffield Wednesday, I think it was at home, that really killed it. We missed a penalty. I think Ian Hume missed a penalty. Um, we, we, who was in goal then? Um, the ball bounced over his head, I think, and, and went in. It was the old Sheffield Wednesday keeper we had. Oh, Pressman. Yeah. Kevin Pressman. I think it was it was a horrendous day. Um, we weren't actually relegated that day, but realised that, you know, it was all over. Yeah. Uh, now, Nicky, um, Nicky Summerby was with us. Um, let's have a look. Under Mickey Adams, yep. Uh, you're quite right there, uh, Brad. Uh, he was there 2002-03. Because, of course, that was the time when uh, we, we did, again, went into um, relegation. Uh, administration, sorry. Up, administration. Up and down, yeah. yeah. So that's, uh, that was Ian Holloway, our fourth one. Who is next? Uh, Mike thinks it might be somebody called Taylor. But mm. coming up next is Claude Puel. Wow, okay. Now... Was was it that bad under twelve? Not to start with, but then that's what my Saints fans told me. It'll be all right to start with, and then it'll get boring. 
and they pass sideways, backwards, every way but up. Um, he got it was it Southampton just for a year, wasn't he? And they got in the final of the League Cup, lost yeah, unluckily to, to Man United. Yeah, 2016-17, and he got them to a fault. Palace have just equalised against Man United um, mm. on the 90th minute. So mm. There's all our predictions gone out the window. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, um, he, he'd he been at... Well, it started off at Monaco, Lille, Lyon and Nice. before Nice, which is uh, obviously also owned by the gentleman that's trying to buy Man United at the moment. Then he went to Southampton, got them to the final, but they did sack him and he came to us. And I know a lot of, uh, I mean, I've got a friend who's a Southampton fan. My God, that was a good free kick as well. Um, as a Southampton fan. And they said, he'll bore you to death. Yeah, yeah. And, and he did. And of course, he had the Mara's incident, didn't he? Yes. To deal with. yes. And uh, Silver, was it a- what, 16 seconds or something after yeah. the deadline? But they wouldn't, wouldn't put him in the squad. No. Well, they couldn't, could they? They weren't allowed. No, I mean, to... well, in January or the following. Well, yeah, I think he went into the squad in January. But by then, of course, you know, he'd got a squad and that was playing regularly. I think he was like one of those that you could file under one that got away sort of thing, you know. Yeah, I, I thought but, I thought um, he was a good player. Yeah. Um, Silver. But mind you, we swapped him... Tielemans in the end. I think we swapped him. I think. Monaco. He, yeah, well, sort of. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah possibly around the same time. Mm. Um, but he did. A, yeah, he did do a good job in reconstruction because I mean it was like post Ranieri stroke Shakespeare, um, and he came in. He saved us from relegation. He also had um, the Vichai um, helicopter. Yeah, it's not a good time, was it? Yeah. No. No, not at all. Um, so uh, in, you know, he didn't have it. He didn't have it good. He bore him as well. Yep, he's another one that was under uh, under under him. Um, I just again, you know, be it's be careful what you wish for because yes, he has. Yes, he was boring, but we were mid table when I think we got rid of him, or certainly you know not in the trouble we are now. And is the style of play we are playing now? Any better than it was under Puel when he left? Mm. Well, no, clearly not. Um, no. But then, I don't know what was his what was his success rate, Chris? Less than forty. Well, yeah, I mean, if we look at it, there his success rate um, thirty four percent, sixty seven games. Yeah. Yeah, one twenty-three, drew nine eighteen, lost twenty-six. So I've got me, I've got me wrong glasses on for that. No, it, 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 it's it's not the worst. Yeah. I've got to be honest with you. It's about it's a long way from being the worst. But yeah, Andre Silva, as you were saying, um, let me just uh, get rid of Holloway. Um, he, he put him, he left him out of the first. He quite right actually. Andre Silva left him out of the first team squad and made him train with the under twenty-threes. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, we lost to Newport under him. Um, yeah. he, he joined he, when he joined us. We were thirteenth. Um, he, he played in almost the reserve side in Newport, didn't he? Yes, yeah. Which, that in fairness, well. when you're thinking, still should have been good enough. Yeah, it should have been, but you know, 
Yeah. Um, I mean, Brad, Brad, agree with you totally here, Brad. He may have been boring, but did he lay the? But he did lay the foundations for for, for youth, youth players. Yeah, he, he brought bombs back to the club. Uh, although you could argue that was maybe sort of an, an attempt to save his job. But you know, we we he would have gone. Brad always says this, and it's a good point. You know, he won. Was it Man City and Chelsea something over Christmas or Liverpool that saved his job? But he was he was sacked on the twenty fourth of February. Um, oh, here we go. Actually, that Newport County it was in January two thousand and nineteen, in which Prell was jeered by Leicester fans for fielding an understrength side, and it was voted by the BBC viewers as the biggest upset of the competition. Nah, it's not that. No, I don't think. I think whether it was that season, possibly. But should have not. been. At, should have been at Harlow or home to Wickham. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't remember. Don't mention Wickham. <laughs> <laughs> you do. It's finished one one mm. United Palace, by the way. Um, of course, he went to San Etienne. Uh, he left there um, in December 2021, and he's obviously not working yet at the moment. But uh, again, mm. I think it was his style of play, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was, I don't know what it was. It was nothing, was it? It, you know, there was nothing there really. Although, I and mean, he had some decent players. Yes. And, you know, he had he, he, what could have been a very attacking sort of team, but we didn't seem to put it together on a regular basis. And I suppose, you know, he seemed a decent bloke, but he he didn't show that energy. It's like ta um, like um, Brennan Rogers claps. When yeah. there's no need to clap, you know, you need to bollock somebody sometimes. Yeah. Um, because applauding them for something that's rubbish defeats the object. Definitely, definitely. And I think, you know, for me, when Prell went, Rendon Rogers came in and he suddenly got because Prell couldn't seem to get the best out of Jamie Vardy, could he? No. You know, and 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 uh, Rogers came in and he seemed, you know, he got him scoring again. And it was, suddenly it was like brilliant. We're back to this fast attacking football, which <laughs> just seems to have literally disappeared again. You know, I mean, we you think about what had happened before Puel came in, we wouldn't uh, it be a lower league title, but we'd win it. Mm. Um, things were looking good, um, and suddenly there's no optimism anymore, and that's what a manager needs to give you optimism. And that's yeah. where we're going wrong now. We can't. I mean, I've, we've got Brighton on Saturday, and I'm dreading going up there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. should be excited about it, but I'm just dreading it. I think we all are. Um, but when he signed, um, he actually won out. He won his first game in charge, which very few managers have done, in fairness. Ooh, yeah. um, one of the only other ones that did it, funny enough, Ian Holloway. Um, but he recorded only three wins from 14 league games in uh, from the end of January 2018, a run that saw Puel accused of negative football. Yeah, I'm not surprised. There we go. As you said, his decision to block Riyad Mahrez's transfer to Manchester City on deadline day resulted in the player going absent from training for 10 days. Um, that said, again, if he doesn't want to sell him, 
that's fine. He shouldn't sell him. And I, I don't blame Puel for that at all. In fact, I blame, no. I blame Mares. But 67 games is that he managed. I, I find yeah. that, that seems staggering to me that he had so long. Yeah. I mean, I'm not for sacking people quickly, but, you know, it was clear it wasn't right. I think he's like, I mean, like I said earlier, Brad Brad mentions this. He, he he would have gone, I think, in the December, but he got two wins over Christmas. Yeah. I can remember being at my um, at my brother-in-law's for Christmas, and he's a big Man United fan, but we were playing Manchester City, and somebody's a joke who got him a Manchester City mug, and we oh, were God. playing them that Boxing Day, and we won. So he came out with a with a drink for me in the Manchester City mug. <laughs> Bless him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like Mike says there, Mardi Mardi Mares, and um, yeah, well, he could well have um, messed up our chances of getting Fafana, but we got him in the end. But we know that was probably as much Fafana causing trouble as we now know. So that was Puel. and if anything, he'll be remembered for. I think he, I think he, can, he conducted himself very well during the whole, um, yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Chai, um, yeah. episode and rest in peace for Chai, obviously. Um, it's you know, it's not easy to have that sort of distraction, and I'm, I'm not being awful when I say distraction, but obviously, you know, it's bound to have so it affected all the players because of the man that that Vichai was, and I think oh. he handled himself very, very well during that whole whole episode. Uh, but he will be remembered, unfortunately, for, for boring football. Yeah. So next up, um, it was mentioned Ooh. earlier, Brad's favourite manager, Craig Levine. Uh, I was quite hopeful when we brought him in, November 2004 to January 2006, uh, he managed us for 70 games. He won only 20 of those, losing 25 and drawing 25. A win percent of 28.57%. Out of his depth, really, wasn't he? Well, I I would have kind of been excited about it and thought we were going somewhere. Then he went and bought Rab Douglas, I think, didn't he? Yes. Well, you no. know when we we know when we said about Fat McClintock buying all his Arsenal cronies. Mm. This guy, I suppose, you know, he was Hearts manager, and mm. I think he got Hearts to win a cup or second in the league, something like that. So he, he, did, he did well. well. Yeah, yeah, he did well again. But we we know managers doing well in Scotland doesn't mean they're going to do well in this country. Um, Mr. Gerard, Mr. Rogers, mm. um, <laughs> but. He he did bring now he again. I've got to say another when Shaw, my eldest, was was bought was a mascot, and this was in the day when you only had one mascot per team. And yeah. again, it was away at Burnley, and Leicester very kindly. Um, he didn't have oh, away mascots in those. I know days. what you're gonna say now. I know who scored. Are you gonna say who scored against us, or was that at, that was at Filbert Street? Yeah, no, this was this one was at uh, at Burnley at Turfmore. Sorry, okay, yeah. I'll tell yeah. you who scored against us at Filbert Street. Right, I know. I think it was Akin Bay that scored against it, us. At, it was uh, Turfmore because uh, as he um, walked out, of course, I didn't have a Leicester shirt on because it was at Burnley. So yeah, uh, and as he walked out, I lifted my shirt up and I had my Leicester shirt on underneath, and he he did reel back in shock, I think, at one point, but very kindly shook my hand and what have you. But no, again, 
Craig Levine, lovely, lovely man, he said to he said to my son, he said, right, anybody you've not got a photograph with? And my son said, oh, I think Ian Hume. And uh, he went, all right, let's sort this out. And he took Sean on the bus before it set off. Oh, wow. Ian, get your life down here. Get a pic and he'd already done one with him, bless him. But he came down, did another picture with him. So, again, lovely man outside of, obviously, his job. Yeah. But he did buy some awful, awful players. Apart from, did he buy Matty Fryer from uh, He was Warsaw. in his squad, I think. Warsaw. I'm sure he bought him. Um, I'm not sure how much for, but I think he, I think he joined us at Christmas. Mm, or November. Yeah, November. Was it November, was it? Fryer, yeah. Matty Fryer. No, Matty Fryer, I think he bought. Oh, Matty Fryer, right. Whether it was Christmas 2004 or five, I can't remember. But... Uh, I remember that because he scored on his debut, even though I think we got beat. Um, and we thought, oh, he's bringing in youngsters. This is brilliant. Ian mm. Hume and Matty Fry played well together. And it was starting to look good. But it doesn't look good looking at these statistics here. <laughs> no. Well, this, this is the team um, from the 2006 season. So let, I mean, he only came in halfway through that season. I like say in December, sorry, 2004. He, he came in halfway through that season. So let us go and have a look at um, the, his full season, which would have been sort of, um, well, five, six. He five, wasn't really there that long. Yeah. Right? Let me just tell you, so these are some of the players. The only good thing about this time was that my favourite shirt, which was the black with the red, the blue, uh, the blue crossover, was the uh, yeah, was yeah. the original Foss shirt. But um, Peter Canero. Oh, dear. Danny Tiato. Mm, not bad. Um, Nikos Dabizas. Newcastle reject, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, Brad's favourite ever Leicester City player, Stephen Hughes. Mm. Keith Gillespie. Ooh. Lillian Nallis, who obviously went on to score the best ever yeah. goal seen <laughs> at Leicester. Absolutely did. Yeah. Uh, who, who was captain and Sean favourite. Um, uh, well, he was captain, so he, he, he looked after Sean. Scott Gemmell, Gareth Williams. Do you remember Gareth Williams? Blimey, yeah. Uh, David Connolly. Yeah, uh, he, he was a good player for us. Yeah, um, yeah, he stayed on. Paddy I don't know, don't know what went wrong with Connolly. No. He got injured or we just sold him off. But. He did actually agree to come on and do a chat on the channel, but he never kind of followed it up. Uh, okay, that's a shame. Yeah. Interesting to know what happened. Jason Wilcox. A lot of these were sort of yeah. like, you know, seen better days. Yeah. Uh, Joey Goodjohnson. Oh, he's a good player for us, isn't he? Yeah. Scoring from the halfway line before Beckham was even a twinkle in his dad's <laughs> eye. Um, uh, Alan Mabry. Now then. If, it, there's, there's two players that I think if we ever had a, um, a Hall of Fame... Two players should get in there without even out even thinking about it. They should just automatically walk in. Ask me later who the other one is, but the first one, Mark DeVries. What are your memories of Mark DeVries? Interesting. Was he left, left footer? I remember. 
rather tall, but mm, interesting character. Yeah, I mean, he was awful. He came from Scotland. I think he might have been Hearts, to be honest he, with you. He actually was from Hearts, if yeah. I remember, yeah. yeah. And he was bloody awful. And I, I remember, and again, Brad, me and Brad talk about this game. We were playing uh, Spurs in, I think it was a League Cup game at night, and Martin Yol, was it Martin Yol was their man? Anyway, we were 2 0 down, and we were like, it was over. And we got it back to 2 2. Elvis Hammond scored as well again in this game. Oh, uh, Fulham uh, legend. Yeah, we wish he'd left the building, I tell you. Um, <laughs> RIP to, obviously, Lisa Presley. Um, but Mark DeVries scored the winning goal. I can remember turning to my son watching on the telly going like, God, he's going to miss this because it was Mark DeVries. You know, he, uh, <laughs> DeVries, no use, as Mike says there. Um <laughs> No, no, it's not DJ Campbell, but it's a good shout. It's a good shout. You'll know who I'm coming to when we come to him, uh, Brad. But, yeah, DeVries, and I said he's, he's never going to score this. And that's the only time I can remember him scoring for us. Uh, the Akinbay of his area. Oh, oh, don't. Um, oh, blimey. Can you imagine yeah. all them? Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm sorry. I'd sooner have. I'd sooner have um, Mark DeVries. I've got to be honest with you. Um, yeah. He he was. Uh, he bumped into a friend of his. Says Mike. He was manic about Hearts losing Levine. Uh, yeah, but I think this is it. Saying like, and I know I joked before about um, uh, Gerard and and uh, obviously Rogers, but being good, whether it's a manager or a player in Scotland, does not guarantee that you're going to do well. In England, is it? No, no, because every team in the Premier League can beat every team in the Premier League. Yes, um, that's not said for any in Scotland. You probably the top three will do it. Yes, but um, you know, not going to happen again. Was I mean, this was you know he he was manager Craig Levine um, leading up to 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 the relegation. Um, I'm just going to have a look. Um, and, and I, I've, I've lost it now. Um, but where do we go here? Craig Levine, then it was Rob Kelly, Nigel Worthington, Martin Allen, Gary Megson, Ian Holloway. But he that was the start of when we were really struggling, weren't we? Because we had years and years where we were kind of always sort of anywhere between sort of halfway and middle of the bottom half of the of the second tier table we always started off with great idea and rob kelly came in thought yeah brilliant this is going yes. well what was he rob there kelly just over a year Levine. yeah just over a year he was there wasn't it we got yeah. through a lot of managers at that stage yeah, we did. Uh, it was the was, was it Mandrich at the time? I don't think it was. Was it? It was. Yeah, I think it was. It right. Yeah. I mean, Rob Kelly. Um, we were the last team to manage, but I remember a few years, uh, only a few years ago, he was he was was it was at Preston or somewhere. Um, He's still somewhere now, doing some yeah. assistant manager or something. But again, a bit like Shakespeare. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Because I remember yeah. the same as you when he took over. And he had a, a period of sort of when you know first taking over that he was absolutely brilliant, and then yeah. it kind of went wrong for him. But uh, but that's Craig Levine, and then next up, Mr. Pleat. Mm. Talk to me about Mr. Pleat, uh, David. 
I used to watch him play for Nuneaton Borough. He used to play right wing. And he could never straighten his knees. <laughs> he, he ran with bent knees. I have no idea why. But he came in and he was this after his Tottenham curb crawling episode. Yeah, it came to us because he came to us after Tottenham. Yeah, uh, he, he resigned from Tottenham because he apparently been picking up girls. Yes. Um, yes. And he came in, and I, I swear to God, nobody understood the word he said because every time he was interviewed, I had no idea what he was talking about. Mm. Um, I mean, the records race is actually pretty average, and it's thirty-one percent. Yeah. Uh, it was one hundred fifty-seven games he was with us, though. Yeah, that's staggering, isn't it? Because we were only in Division 2, or Championship as it now is, um, and we didn't seem to be getting out of it. And we, in fact, the year, did Holloway take over from him? Or was that different era? Because um, um, we were close to going down to uh, Division yeah, 3 one year. We were when he took over. No, 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 it was a different era. Um right. Um, David Pleat was because when he left, he, he took us over when we were about to go down, and he left us as we were about to go down. Yeah, um, we got we got Gordon Lee in. Um, Gordon Lee saved us. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he saved us. And then of course Brian Little, who I have had on this channel, um, and uh, yeah, Brian Little came in, and yeah, yeah, the rest as they say. But, but David, you say that David, Brian Little in the Premier League, uh, we're talking about. David, please. Sorry, go on. No, I'm just going to say he, he, he. You know, uh, we we took him straight on after. You know, uh, he he was he was sacked. Um, uh, and of course, when he left Tottenham Hotspur, uh, he was replaced by Terry Venables, who the club wanted to you know to bring in. And um, they they used the curb calling as a, allegedly as the reason for letting him go. Uh, yeah. But he came straight to us after that, almost straight away. Um, and we'd just been relegated from the first division. Uh, it was three years with us before he was dismissed in uh, 1991. And we hadn't obviously got re-promoted. And no. it was looking more like we were relegated to third division. Uh, we never finished above mid-table while Pleat was in charge. Um, but he did... Again, uh, he, he, he was almost in advance himself because he did have some good ideas, you know. He, he had a few ideas like Wenger had, you know, about diet and things like that before Wenger came along. Well, actually, he did all right at Tottenham, didn't he? Hmm. Say, I mean, he was doing all right and no reason why he shouldn't do all right at Leicester. But it was awful. Again, we were just tottering away and half mid-table or going down. There was never any spark there to make it happen. I don't know whether he had it. I don't think he had any money either, did he? No. Um, yes, at Tottenham, no. At Tottenham yeah. he had money available, but, but Leicester yeah. was sort of... I mean, his last season, well, one of his seasons at Tottenham, um, he played with just one striker all season, Clive Allen, who got 49 goals. Yeah. Wouldn't we love one of those, you know, these days? But apparently, um, I was reading earlier, uh, he when when he was sacked, he got a call from uh, Terry Chip, Shipman, who was chairman at the time, and Terry said, "Look, you know, bad news." And he said, "Well, I've been expecting the call because I think they just lost the, the previous game." Mm -hmm. I said, "Yeah, I wanted you to stay, but you know, they've, they they want you out the board, so we're going to you know, we're unfortunately we're going to have to sack you." 
but the board also want me out as chairman as well and i've been sacked as chairman so it was a double sacking that day there was a, a great rumour going around at the time about the shipments and how they'd milk the club. Um, I, don't, I don't know whether it was true or not. I was too young to take much interest in it. Mm. But it was, certainly makes you wonder where all, the, well, where all the money went. Was there any money in those days? We weren't well, getting massive crowds, yeah, were we? These days, was the, but, I mean, the crowds in a lot of ways were bigger because it was standing, so you could obviously get more in. But... I don't. I can't remember the gentleman's name, but there was somebody that was going wanted to put money into the club, and uh, I think it was the Shipmans at the time. Like you say, big family uh, didn't didn't want him to. Mm. Wouldn't, wouldn't take his money, and he went off and uh, and put the money into Newcastle. Mm. Uh, uh, but. You know, the, these things happen, and um, who knows? But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't remember ever being bad times. They were just very stagnated times, weren't they? Yeah, we were stuck in, in the second division, and we were never going anywhere. No. Um, no. And, and I think the players, you know, footballers, are not that bright, are they, to be fair? Um, so if you start coming out with all this technical stuff and all that, this is why I don't get the flip charts anymore. When they come on a sub, they don't really understand what the hell they're on about. They no. just go out and play. That's why I've taken little notes around with them. Yeah. So imagine Pleat coming up with all these technical stuff and trying to get that going. No, it just wouldn't work. I mean, you know, he actually, I mean, he, he, he came from, he was originally his first man, serious managerial job with Luton Town. Mm, did he did really he well. 400 odd games there. He only actually managed 71 games at Tottenham. Okay, but they were fighting before he left them. They were fighting on all three fronts, um, uh, and you know he he was he was doing well. Um, uh, but apparently, he'd been cautioned three times by the police, so that was why. <laughs> that's, that's probably why he left Nuneaton then, because there's nobody <laughs> there to approach. <laughs> <laughs> like, what you're saying is it's a bit like Leatherhead, you've only got one prostitute and that, Indeed, that's, why, yeah. that's why it's called a one whore town <laughs> <laughs> thank you good night let's get, get rid of well. put pleat in room 101 <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh we should do that we should do yeah. that Indeed. Um, <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't laugh at my own jokes. I know, but you know, I, it had to be David Pleat. If he did nothing else for this show, it was the fact that I could use my one whore joke. And also, it. nobody, nobody else laughed, Chris. So you might as well laugh at your own mate. Exactly, exactly. Oh, inside everybody, I, inside you're laughing. I know you really are, and uh, <laughs> this is why my viewers have just gone down. Um, well, that was David Pleat. I think again, you know, his ideas for a first, what was then, you know, well, let's say a top tier team, were good. But it, you know, a team that is fighting relegation, it's it, it's, and this is why, you know, if we if we get whoever say, let's say Rogers goes, whoever replaces him has got to be a manager that's used to fighting at the bottom end of the table. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he was the wrong manager, I think. You I'm know, just looking at those time. those dates. I can't believe Pleat was there that long. That's yeah, really, yeah. Isn't it? Well, as they only did, he only did seventy-one games at Tottenham. You know, yeah. 
But who is up next, do we think? Who could it be? I bet it's not who you think it is. Oh. Gary Megson. For the month. For the month. Manager, manager of the month. Yeah. <laughs> now, this was a guy, again, another one of, you know, Mandrich's. He seemed to have a, a, a revolving door for managers, yeah. didn't he? But he did, he did at Portsmouth as well, in fairness. But like I say, we've still got to thank him for, you know, saving us. But for me, Megson was, he did well because, again, he came in. He had nine games in charge. Uh, he, he won three, drew four, only lost two. Um, but of it, the problem was that he hadn't signed him to the contract. How do you employ somebody and don't sign them to a contract? It was unbelievable, wasn't it? Again, yes. it was a false dawn, which we've had at Leicester many times. We all thought it was going to start going well. Is that the same scarf Mandridge used? Because it probably wouldn't have been that old, would it? I think it is the same scarf yeah. in those three pictures, yes. Um, and we, we all thought it was going to happen. This is great. You know, we, we're doing all right. He started well, and then suddenly he's gone. Mm. It's a bloody Bolton, for Christ's sake, wasn't it? Well, Bolton, were, yeah, it was. Bolton were in the Premier League. And I think what annoyed everybody... I mean, you know, even let's be honest with you, even if he signed his contract and Bolton had come in, that he'd have probably yeah. still gone. But Bolton saw the opportunity that he wasn't signed. At least we didn't have to pay him off <laughs> because he wasn't on a contract. But mm. I think what peed everybody off was before before he joined uh, Leicester City, uh, he'd obviously been at Forest um, and West Brom, Stoke before that. So he'd been round the Midlands. But I don't think he was working when we took him on. Not Forest had sacked him. No. Yeah. And he, he wasn't working. And we'd taken him on and given him his chance to get back. And then he treated us like that. And that's why I've put him in. But he actually turned us around defensively because we were awful defensively before he came in for conceding goals. Uh, and if we have a look sort of either side of him, I mean, he took over from, of course, Martin Allen. Mm -hmm. uh, who went before him. And, of course, let's not forget, I mean, this is quite interesting. Before Gary Megson, there was Martin Allen. Uh, before Martin Allen, there was Nigel Worthington. Yeah, I thought maybe at the time he should have been offered the job. Yes, he kept us up again, but yeah, he wasn't yeah. offered the job. Before that, it was Rob Kelly. And before that, it was Craig Levine. Um, Dave Bassett. <laughs> oh, we can just oh, go back. A oh, point Bassett, shit. Who took Bassett over? Bassett had a couple, didn't he? Bassett had yeah. a couple of goes at it. He did. He did. Who mm. took over when we lost Martin Allen for a, a few games? Uh, sorry, Gary Megson. Who took over between Megson and Holloway as caretaker manager? Well, I want old caretaker. Yes. Was that the Walsh era? Walsh, no. No, oh, well, yeah, I can see where you're going. You're not a million miles away. Yeah, it wasn't Taggart, was it? Yes, it was. was it? Jerry Taggart, yeah. So he was in charge when we played Chelsea in the League Cup at Stamford Bridge. We got I think, didn't we? Well, I went to that. We played well. Did you know, and that was where that... Then. No, that's where that poor lad got injured and did his cruise ship never played again. 
Um, Is that why it was a dodgy decision? Well, oh, do things well, don't change, do they? Yeah, we yeah. were doing all right, but I went with a load of mates from football who were obviously Chelsea fans, and then Andy Sutton, who you know, who lived yeah. in Worthing, she came up and we went to Chelsea. I'm sure that was when um, Taggart was involved. Um, we lost in the cup, and we did we did well because obviously we were in the second division or whatever it was called at the time. And Chelsea were high flying, um, but oh, I can't remember his name now. A young lad, young black lad, was a brilliant player, and he got injured. He just did his knee or his leg, and he never played again. I don't think. Um, horrendous injury, absolutely horrendous injury. Right. But, but yeah. Um, well, when Redson took over, we actually won our first game of the season. On the sixth of October, we, we we beat Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Bolton, in fairness, went did go about it the right way because they did actually approach us and say, um, oh. "Take care, Mike. Mike's got to go. Thanks for popping in, mate." Um, um, they they approached us to sign him, but uh, Mandrich re rejected rejected their approach. Um, he liked Megson because he said he had you know he had the experience. Um, uh, Megson was their first choice to become Bolton's new manager and they made a second approach for him. The club said they were also willing to compensate Leicester should Megson move to um, um, should Megson leave the Walker Stadium. The second approach was also rejected, but Megson was eventually given permission to speak to Bolton and he left Leicester on the 24th of October 2007, 41 days and nine ELP championship games into his appointment. Um, up there with Theresa May again. It was a shame. I think he could have, like you say, a bit of a false dawn, maybe, but um yeah, I think it was just I think it was disappointing that he didn't last longer. And he didn't look back Bolton, in fairness. No, he didn't because he was rubbish. When you look back, we've not kept managers that long, have we? Apart no. from the odd one or two, no. Um, we we seem to have a pretty poor selection on managers. Um, you look at Holloway six months was it? Uh, makes them one month. Allen three months. For one reason or another, they wouldn't have left if they think they could get on and enjoy it at Leicester. But they did. No. Okay. Here's here's a here's a question for you then, young man. Mm -hmm. um, let me just go a look here, Matt Gillis. Managed the club twice. Did he? Yes, I believe he did. I didn't know that. He came back. Uh, it was obviously, it was 500 games from 58 to 68. Ten years. Good God. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he came back. Not after that, he didn't. He may, did he do it before that then? Yeah, before he might have done, but certainly not after. Oh, no, sorry, not Maggie. It's Peter Hodge. Sorry. Right. Peter Hodge, 1919. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> and then 1932 to 1934, he was manager. And what am other I right? Has managed us twice. Uh, Peter Hodge. <laughs> no, what other manager apart from Peter Hodge? Oh, Bassett. Yeah. And um, who else? Um, Bassett was either side of Mickey Adams because Bassett brought Mickey Adams to the club. Yeah. Well, technically, uh, no, uh, Gordon Milne, because he was manager and then he was joint manager, wasn't he? No, so no, that, he, he never left the club. Does that not count? Okay. 
Uh, who else would it? No, Nigel Pearson, of course. Nigel Pearson, of course. Yes, Nigel Pearson. How could I forget? How could I forget that? How could you forget that? How could you forget yeah. that? But that was that was uh, that was Gary Megson. Um, coming up is Mark McGee. Now I absolutely hate this guy, um, mm. and I'm going I'm going to be honest with you that I got to sound like Anthony now, don't I? To be honest with you. Um, he was a good manager. Yeah. And this is one of these systems, one of these times where, you know, when when we moan about clubs coming in for our managers, it's funny, but we never complain and say, oh, we shouldn't be going in for other people's <laughs> managers. We poached Mark McGee from Reading. We did. Um, and he was doing a very, very good job at Reading. I think, we were, again, we are already down because we were in the Premier League. We were struggling. Brian Little had moved over. You know, he'd, he'd left to go to Villa, which I understand because that was his childhood club. You know, he could have handled it better. But, you know, he, again, it's on, the, it's, on the, it's on the show as well. Um, you know, one of the, the, the Brian Little um, one. But obviously went to, to Wolves. It wasn't the fact that he went to Wolves. But it's the way when he when he left, he turned around and said, "Well, I'm going because they're a bigger club." Mm. That pissed everybody off. That did. Yes, absolutely. Um, and also, uh, he reckons he took uh, advice from Alex Ferguson, Ferguson. who told him yeah. Wolves were a bigger club. But you're right. I mean, the football was brilliant. Yeah. For that short period of time, I mean, the football was incredible. We played some great stuff. Um, he brought some good players in, and the players we'd already got, he turned them into better players. Yeah, and I'm surprised his record's not better than that. What's that say? 31.37. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it yeah. might have been a bit better than that. Well, but, I think so, the problem was that in his, yeah, I say he joined us in um December '94, so it was halfway through a Premier League season. Um, as you know, that we weren't playing well, we got relegated, so I think that's why. You know his his record was was bad, if you like. Right. So did Martin? Sorry, Brian Little left us before we got relegated that year. Yes. Right. Yeah, okay. He took us up, and then Villa came in for him. Um, right. And and uh, we'd have uh, gone yeah. down anyway. Whether Mark oh, Brian I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Indeed. Yes. You know, I got so... invited to Chelsea in early season when we got promoted uh, by a mate of mine down there, and he took me into the players' lounge and bar and everything. And I saw them coming out for the staff and we were like two, three down at the time. And I, I looked at Brian Littley and I went, hey, you know, what's going on? And he just shook his head. Yes. <laughs> and I thought, shit, we're going to get relegated this year. This yeah. is only about the fourth game in, I think. Well, um, we had, lost, up, until, lost up until McGee leaving, um, we played 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 21 games up until uh, in that first division, yeah. the second season he was with us. We played 21 games. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Six games we lost out of those 21 under him. So, you know, uh, but then they say it's a funny thing, the way things are happening, the way things are meant to be. Of course, we all know who he was replaced by, don't we? We do, eventually. Yes. The the, the gentleman that is um, Sir Should've... Martin. Yeah. 
should have sacked him after the was it the Ipswich or Norwich game or something? United, do you think? United, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Could I forget? Yeah, he still remembers that. Bless him, <laughs> he still remembers that. Um, but yeah, so the Mike good manager, um, but as a person, as as uh, as yeah. Brad said, they're scumbag. Um, yeah. yeah, Scottish, Scottish, mate. Yeah, exactly. Right, so that's Mark McGee. Um, you know, you know what, Chris? While you're doing that, just think about all these managers we're talking about. It does make you wonder what you wish for, doesn't it? Well, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, I think you. I think these watch. days you've got to look at managers and go, "Yes, brilliant." Like like Ranieri did us great, but they've all got sell by dates. Yeah. And as I said on my piece, if you haven't checked it yet already, BBC website, go to the Leicester City page. And as I say, every manager has a sell-by date. And unfortunately, some of them, and I include uh, Rogers in this, he's gone mouldy. He's gone that far past his sell-by date. But you know what? Still, he's probably still in the top three managers record-wise that we've ever had. Well, um, in the last uh, 60 years. Probably. He's on 46%. Um, so how's that right? That's pretty high, isn't it? Well, if we're talking, if we're talking permanent managers, Shakespeare oh. had forty-two, Ranieri had oh, forty-four, blimey. Pearson forty-five at the second attempt, Sven was forty-three, Pearson at his first one was fifty-one, which I think is about the best, apart from managers that are there for one game and got hundred percent. Yeah, that's but probably the best. Gentleman that wasn't quite as good as that. Paolo Sousa. Yeah, this was a strange one. I must have been absent in some of these times because he came from Swansea. Is that right? No, he came. From, oh, he, um, is it Swansea now? Ah, uh, where? It's a very good question. Yes, he did. It was Swansea. I can't remember if it was Swansea or Card. Was Swansea? Yeah. Yeah. And, and he was playing some good football there, apparently, yeah. and um. He was there. As, he started out as Portugal under sixteen manager, went to QPR, and then went to Swansea, and was doing really, really well at Swansea. So he had three months with us in twelve games. Mm. That was bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, I, I I can't remember much about it, Chris. To be honest, um, but it just seemed bizarre that he got sacked after that time. Well, he joined Swansea um, after Roberto Martinez moved to Wigan Athletic. Whatever happened to him? <laughs> and he was signed on a three-year deal. Uh, during the league campaign, Sousa led Swansea to its highest league finish for 27 years, which was seventh, uh, just outside the playoffs. On the 4th of July, departed by mutual content, uh, consent to take up the post of Leicester City. So again, we approached and we took him. Uh, he came the new manager of Leicester City on the 7th of July. Owner Milan Mandrich stated that he was delighted to acquire a manager of such great calibre, adding he was the right man to take our club forward. And I've got to be honest with you, I thought he was. Yeah. I thought he was. Did but he have a bad run at the end? I saw it lost. You know, no, that was the problem. No, no, he wasn't. Uh, on the 1st of October, after less than three months in charge, Sousa was fired after a poor start to the season with the okay. team having won only once in his first nine league game. Uh, yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he went on to a Hungarian side 
Videotron. Um, right. But again, it's another one of, you know, looking good and false dawns and thinking, you know, you could argue, yeah. was he given enough time? I mean, he only had 12 games. Um, so I don't, you yeah. know, I'm not sure whether he was or not. Um, no, we were a sacking club then, weren't we? Just... Well, we did go through it. The thing was, we'd got Nigel Pearson in. Um, and I think that was around the time when, you know, um, Asian Development Investments, or whatever they were called at the time, a.k.a. Mm. King Power, were coming in. Um, and Pearson walked out because he wasn't told about the takeover, allegedly. I believe this was I'll say all allegedly. But yeah. he, felt, he felt out of the hoop, loop. So um, he... <sighs> He, Wasn't there something about Sousa being approached before Pearson had left? And that's why Pearson left. Because a new manager was being touted, you know, when Pearson was still in charge. There's something it, like that, wasn't there? It, it, it could, could well have been. Oh. Um, Brad says here, fans hated him. His last game was the most exciting. 4-3 defeat to Norwich. Frey had scored a hat-trick off the bench, yeah. not sent off. Um, quite possibly. I know there was something going on in the, in, in the background. Brad might know, because obviously he was at the club. Yeah. He, yeah, might, sure. he might well know. Um, and I said there was something that he wasn't happy with. And let's be honest with you, if that's if, you, if you're if you right, I don't blame the fact that he, he, he left. Um, but Sousa went. Oh. Um, Chris Powell and Mike Stowell, Chris Powell, bloody hell, came in for one job, one game, one one, hundred percent record. Well done, guys. Let's get them back. <laughs> Mike Stowell, Mike Stowell must have been caretaker a few times. Yes, he has. Yes, yeah, yeah he has. Um, and do you remember who took over then? Oh, Christ, after him, yeah, um, after Sousa, went Pearson again, was it? No. He was the one um, after the one that replaced right. him. Right. Um, oh, not Taylor, was it? No. No, of course it was. He took over after O'Neill. I don't it, know. It was Sven Goran. Sven, Eric. was it? Yes. Yeah. Brad's got it there. He's just said Sven. Brad, do you remember Do you remember why uh, allegedly um, Pearson walked out on, on Leicester the first time? Let me know if you do know. Uh but yeah, he, he he came in, and I remember looking, like I say, looking and thinking, like this could be a good signing because he had done so well at Swansea. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. just outside the playoffs, and yeah, he, his career's gone kind of uh, sideways a hell of a lot uh, since uh, since then. Um, so, you know where this is going now. One more to look at. Who have I not mentioned? No, as Dave froze, I think Dave has frozen. Am I still coming over loud and clear? Uh, Dave is either playing a really, really, really good game of statues or he has frozen. But this is our 10th tenth, tenth out of 10th choices. Yes, Tater Peeler. Um, Dave, I think you certainly have frozen. Yes, he's gone. He has frozen. Uh, <laughs> I look, I had to put that picture up. Probably the, one of the worst signings we ever made as a club. 
Uh, and that was Dennis Wise. Um, what can I say about Peter Taylor that won't get me put uh, sued for liable? I mean, he took... This is why I do compare him so much with um, with uh, Frank McClintock, because, again, he took over a side. Martin O'Neill had pulled together a brilliant side. OK, I mean, Martin O'Neill could have gone. Leeds were after him. Everton were after him. And I understand Celtic going for him. And I understand him going to Celtic because that was his boyhood club again. And like with Brian Little, I get that. I get that when it comes up. But... This guy came in and he would have been England under 21 manager. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, yes, uh, a meeting bust up between Nigel and the hierarchy. Apparently, he saw a list of managers' names and accused them of planning his replacement. Not surprised he buggered off then, really not. Uh, Dave, you, you win, you've won the battle of the statues. Uh, I will. I will get you back on musical chairs, though. <laughs> Don't you oh, worry. Unbelievable. I, uh, I wonder why my laptop wasn't charging. I suddenly realised that the plug had fell out. The <laughs> oh, that happens to me all the time. Um, Peter Taylor came to the club. Uh, he was England oh. under twenty something manager. I, I presume it's England under twenty one, um, and was then went to Gillingham. But as England under twenty one manager. He had a very good um, record. He did. And he became England manager for a couple of games. He did. Gave for one Beckham game. his uh, yeah. captaincy, unless you've mentioned this before. But uh, No, no, just... I, I, no I, I didn't really mention much. But yeah, Glenn no. Hoddle invited him to join his England setup, And he, like you say, yeah, made Beckham captain, didn't he? Yeah. Destroyed the club. He did. Not, but I say not unlike McClintock. Well, McClintock didn't. Yes, not unlike that. But you know, Martin O'Neill had won trophies with us, and we had a side there that could have moved on. But if you remember, Neil Lennon left. Was it halfway through the season? Went and joined yeah. O'Neill at Celtic. Uh, he bought some terrible players. Peter Taylor. Um, he. We were top in October. Yeah. Got beat by Man United reserves at our place 3 0. Two weeks because it was an international game. Yeah. But we, at the Man United game, we were um, looked amateurs against them and they had half their team on the bench. Uh, mm. It was embarrassing, it really was. And then it went downhill from there. But I think we finished, what, 10th, 11th that season? I don't know. But only based on, you know, some of the players that were still hanging around. Yeah, um, I mean, just but, going back as when he was at England, um, England finished ninth in the 1998 European Championship. Uh, these were England under 21s and qualified for the 2000 finals comfortably, winning every match without conceding a goal. With three matches to play, Taylor was replaced in controversial manager by Howard Wilkinson, uh, who won the next two matches. Um, and, and then we, we, we got a defeat, so then. I don't know why, it doesn't say why he was replaced. Went to Gillingham. Um, Did all right there, I think, didn't he? Um, let's have a look. Well, at the end of the He guided them to victory over Wigan Athletic in the Division 2 playoff final. Uh, mm -hmm. 
which marked the council's promotion of the upper half of the English tier for the first time in their history. Um, he also guided the Jules to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup after beating Premiership Bradford City and Sheffield Wednesday uh, um, before they lost 5-0 to Chelsea. Uh, he then left to join Leicester City. Uh, he had an excellent start to the, at the East Midlands Club and they went to the top of the league on the 1st of October. They stayed at the top of the league for two weeks. Uh, he was voted Premier League Manager of the Month for September and was champion for the UEFA Cup place for well over half a season. Uh, but nine defeats from their final 10 games took them down to 13th place uh, following, and I always repeat, remember this, the defeat by Wickham Wanderers. Um, Taylor was sacked on the 30th of September the following season. While managing Leicester, uh, he was appointed caretaker manager for one game when they lost 1-0 to Italy. Do you remember me saying earlier, do you remember me saying earlier that um, I'd, I'd put uh, that, who did I put into the Hall of Fame? Oh, Room 101. <laughs> yeah. yeah, who was it I put in? Um, you put in one of the players, and I can't remember. I can't remember who it was now. No. Uh, well, that gentleman there is a contender for it. But Bloody right. Beaten, he gets beaten by Junior Lewis. Oh, my life. Was he a footballer? Uh, well, I don't know. He, he put on a kit and uh, some boots, but whether he was a footballer or not, what we think he was was allegedly Peter Taylor's illegitimate son. He got, he got a load of games, didn't he? He got loads of games. Uh, I couldn't believe it. There's somebody else actually that played for England, and everyone was saying, "If if this guy can play for England, why can't I?" And he was a similar player to Junior. Carlton Lewis. Palmer. Carlton Palmer, you got it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, goodness me. Um, John, John exactly Stevens. Yeah. Sorry, Trevor, ben Trevor Benjamin. Bloody hell! Yeah. He was actually, uh, I think it was at Cambridge. Uh, or, uh, he was. And another striker. And the other striker was good. And we bought that him. <laughs> he was the lesser of the two, if you like, you know. Uh, oh. Brad says here, apparently Tony Cotty and a few others wanted to take over. Uh, if only O'Neill had handpicked them to replace him instead, we got this. Yeah, yeah. again, Tony Cotty. Yeah. Um, is in the uh, is in the conversation uh, bracket on the, the channel as well. If you've missed the one to one with him, um, yeah, I mean he just he just just destroyed that club. And I think if you look at his career after after he left Leicester, and I'm trying to find it now and I can't. Again, he's another golfer. You know, he managed. Um, he managed Leicester. Uh, he then went on to manage Brighton, Hull, England 21, under 21 he went back to, Palace, Stevenage Buller, Wickham Wanderers, Bradford City, Bahrain, England under 20, Gillingham, Kerala Blasters, uh, assistant it's manager at New Zealand, caretaker back at Gillingham, Dagenham at Red, Redbridge, Welling United, and he is still managing... And it's at Maiden, at Molden and Tiptree. Uh, good side. Yeah, good side there. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, when we were top, we played nobody, if I remember rightly. I mean, we'd won four and drawn four. You know, so we hadn't actually set the league alight. And I think teams yeah. like Bradford were in the division yeah. then. 
we yeah. beat them. We beat Ipswich, and I don't know. I think perhaps Chelsea. That was the only. I, I got a feeling we beat Chelsea. I don't know why. It just sticks in my mind that we did, and I think that probably is the only team that might have been half good that we beat. Um, but we were humiliated against Man United. Neil Lennon cleared off. Um, he had he bought, did he buy Frank Sinclair or had somebody else bought him? He had no, about three own goals in the first two games. Yeah. Um, this twatting <laughs> that he got pictured. Who'd have thought we ever bought another defender that would score own goals, eh? Oh, who'd have thought? Yeah, Stan Collymore, he fucked Stan Collymore off, didn't he? Collymore. Stan Collymore left. Stan Collymore, um, yeah. Did he buy Akinboy? He did, didn't he? Yeah. <clears throat> Nine goals, I think, Akinboy scored. And... Five million, the most expensive player in our history at the time. Yeah. Actually, you should ask Matt Piper this, because I think he made his debut that year, didn't he? I don't know. Matt Piper doesn't really speak to me, so I don't. Oh, okay. Not that he doesn't speak to me, but he just doesn't reply to my tweets. So okay. he's comfortable at, uh, working for Leicester. Um, did but it, we didn't have the Walkers, did we? We didn't have the what? Sorry, the Walkers Stadium. No, not at that no. point. No, we just so, we, we eventually moved in. But so, you've got right. to remember, you've got to remember. Uh, oh, apparently O'Neill signed Frank Sinclair. Did he? Uh, Bloody hell. Wick and Wanderers, yeah. I mean, that was where it all went wrong. And they they do say, okay, managers got to sort of, and again, the situation we're in at the moment where a manager can't motivate a team. I think after that defeat was where it all started to go wrong because we couldn't win a game. I think it was one in nine, they said, or something after that. I think um, it had gone wrong all season, mate, and 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 the last the part of the last season. Yeah, it was going wrong from from halfway. Th- well, from when he started. Had we not had that start, we would have gone down that season. Yes, we would. And, yeah, you know. but I we think I, I can remember. And this is another "be careful what you wish for" moment because I can remember seeing the draw for the FA Cup and thinking, "Oh, Wickham <laughs> is still in it." I never <laughs> think like a, a, a fourth tier side at the time. Uh, Ex Wimbledon guy was managing them, and he got sent off. Funnily enough, um, yeah. and this was Wickham, a side that hadn't got a fit striker, and advertised. Now he's taking you back on oh, teletext yeah. for a striker, and they got him in. Uh, and I remember thinking, like, oh god, the best draw we could have would be a home draw against Wickham Wanderers, and we got a home draw against Wickham Wanderers, and they dumped us out. We would have lost to Liverpool in the next round anyway, but that's yeah. We got beaten by teletext advertising. Yeah. <laughs> that is so true, Brad. Is it S S S E Ascendant or something like that? Wasn't it? Yeah. S S Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how you pronounce it, but yeah, I agree. And I can understand. A lot of the youngsters going, or the younger generation compared to us, saying, ah, Peter Taylor is the worst. But I've got to say, I've still got to stick with Fran McClintock, but it is a very, very tight decision. No, it's not. Not tight at all. McClintock is the worst. Well, hmm. Taylor's Um, Taylor's second worst, but McClintock is the worst. In fact, actually, I think I had Holloway as the second worst. Which I know wouldn't be uh, bless you. Which no, I know, oh, bless you again. Um, which I know it's not your 
idea, but I, I think in my top three, I had McClintock, Holloway, and Taylor. No, no, we had no. In fairness, we had uh, we weren't going to do that at the start, were we? Put them into order, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, to me, there's a lot of them there that weren't particularly bad. Like I say, McGee, certainly more for the way he left us. Um, yeah. Martin Allen as well. He was, I think, possibly one that got away. But I understand, yeah. you know, you can't have be, you know, have your job undermined. Holloway, I, I I can't include him in my top three because I think that club was down, whoever had taken over at that point. Yes, at that time he was putting round pegs round pegs in uh, square he holes. View. But you know, he took he you know he took Blackpool, he went to Blackpool after us and took them up. So he, the guy had something yeah. about him. Um Puel, again for me, uh boring, but you know, we weren't you know, fighting relegation under him. Um, I, I, I've got to say, Peter Taylor and um, Frank McClintock are definitely, definitely number one equal for me. Like I said, I definitely just can't split them. I'm, I'm struggling for my third one, to be honest with you, as to who to go for. Um, I'd probably have to say, for me, third... I probably have to go Martin Allen to be honest with you. I think, really? yeah, I think he had potential, but then when you look at the players, he was he was buying play. He was like a kid in a sweet shop. He was when he signed about what 14, 15 players. Or he, like he, he he set the uh, blueprint for Nottingham Forest at the end of, start of the season and buying players. He was probably. buying them all over, and like I said, he bought them all down sort of one side, whether it was left or right, I can't remember. But yeah, I, I yeah. just remember that Watford game at home when we were superb, and I thought this is the start of it. You know, this is we're going to go places now. Hmm. Um, he wasn't given time. Well. For whatever reason, he wasn't given time to to prove yeah. that. But I just, you know, I mean, coming in and being one of his priorities, changing the flowers to be like them blue and blue and uh, white. Um, I think also, and then we had blue shorts as well, didn't we? I'm not sure that we did that season because we we. No, I mean, the club colours were blue and white, certainly. But yeah, yeah. I we, we, we changed I just, everything. Is a last question for you then, because we've gone on a little bit now. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm Gosh, sure you need. I need my beauty sleep. I don't know about you. It's been a great show. Um, do you prefer blue tops, white shorts, or all blue? White shorts, blue top. Ah, we differ on that again. You see, I prefer all blue. Um, Only because it's traditional. Yes, although having I mean, said that, if it's traditional, we should be playing in black with a light blue stripe going across it. Uh, not that traditional. <laughs> well, you can't see the front of it, but that shirt there with the—I uh, was going to say with nine on. They've both got nine on. The one that's yeah. got my name on. Uh, I love that shirt, and obviously yeah, the, the yeah, way one was the white version of it. But um, look, I have really enjoyed this, uh, Dave. Thank you so much. Um, Just shows be careful what you wish for. Eh? Maybe yeah, we should does. change our view on the on the boss. Well, let us maybe, see. Maybe. Let us see. Uh, we might be getting somebody in, and that we will wait to see. Will it make any difference? My worry is that if we do bring somebody in, that give him a month or so under under uh, um, under Rogers, and he'll be demotivated, injured, 
uh, on a sick bed somewhere. But hey, we will see. But no, thank you, thank you so much. We'll do another one of these in a couple of weeks. Yeah, cheers, mate. Uh, let me know because what I did, I picked the topic this week. Let me know what topic you want to do, and we will have a chat about it. Brad, thank you very much for your kind words. Thank so you we'll get we'll, we'll get Brad to keep us in check about the facts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he can come in. He can be the he can be the Simon Cowell on, in the wings. <laughs> you know? But no, thanks very much, mate. Really enjoyed this one, and um, I will I will see you welcome, on Friday. Mate. Good to see you. Take care, mate. All the best, bye, guys. Cheers. Bye, bye. Thanks to Dave there. I enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. I feel I feel about ninety. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Made me feel very old. Uh, he's, in fact, I've, I've got to probably say that this actually is not far off what I feel like at the moment. Uh, <laughs> you choose, you choose which one is which out the two of us. But no, thanks to Dave. Really enjoyed that. We'll be doing this, like I say, every every fortnight, uh, taking a trip down memory lane and seeing who we can pick up. Probably Dave, uh, David Pleat, if truth be known. Hey, what's coming up next, I hear you ask? What's coming up next, Chris? I heard, thought I heard you asking. Coming up next on Leicester Till I Die TV. Two shows tomorrow. Um, the stat show at seven. And the uh, match preview against away to Brighton, uh, home to Brighton, uh, with a Brighton fan tomorrow at eight o'clock, nine o'clock. Sorry, so seven and nine o'clock, two matches, and then a special mid-season review uh, will be held on Wednesday. Brad, if you're still in, mate, can you give me a message? And I want to have a chat with you about Friday's show. I will see you tomorrow at seven o'clock. Thank you very much for watching. If you've been listening on your pod, on your favourite podcast platform, thank you very much for lending me your ears. You can have them back now. Take care, guys. I'm going to go down and have a, a, a quick rub down with a wet Daily Mail. Good night. Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. watching these videos are tremendous you better like them too or i'll be back lester till i die tv they think it's all over it is now sports social podcast network it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Uh, participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.